Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here and plenty to talk about this week. We know you have tons of thoughts, comments, questions, all of that. Make sure you head over to the Buccaneers Facebook page. Leave all of your questions underneath our live video. That's where we'll be pulling them from in the time before people get a chance to submit some of those. Uh, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on we found out the big news yesterday of Mike Smith being released and you have now Mark Duffner being promoted. So what do you feel like? this does for the team right now and how does something like this be, you know, get employed even I mean what are the tangible effects of something like this well, well first of all before I directly answer that I just want to say and I know it it's not really critical to this decision it's uh, as coach would say it's a production-based business and it's not necessarily something that fans care that much about but Mike Smith is a wonderful guy we really all really is. loved him yeah, I still great. do um just one of the nicest guys you're ever going to want ever going to want to meet upbeat all the time and i'm sure it was very very difficult for coach cutter who's known him for a long time to make that decision which yeah. he said was his decision coach wow. coach cutter said so that's tough uh so that being said again it is a production-based business and when something is going as badly as our defensive results have been for the last two seasons really um it's not a shocking move and certainly something that fans had been predicting for a little bit for a little while to make that move the question is what what's the impact going to be right because right. as is almost always the case when you uh let go of a coordinator in the middle of a season you promote somebody from within and that's somebody in this case is mark duffner and this is a man who's been working under mike smith for the last three seasons and they've been working in tandem you know with all the other coaches trying to get this right and so it's they're cut they're coming from the same system you know right. what i'm saying so i imagine that there are ways that mark duffner is going to make changes but it's not immediately obvious until we see it in action a few times what those are going to be and there's only so much you can do because you're not going to make any substantive changes in personnel in the middle of the season right so there can be some changes in approach um you know just from the most simplistic ways of putting it maybe maybe he would press more or press less or blitz more or blitz right. less. Uh, and, you know, from the standpoint of Coach Duffner, what the players were saying yesterday, Levante in particular, is that he's a really very energetic, enthusiastic, uh, uh, excited guy on the field. And Levante thinks that could make a difference in yeah. terms of, of getting that to all three levels of the defense, not just the linebackers. So we'll That's see. That's true. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think – that was what was interesting is before when coach had been asked about letting him go um, after the Chicago game, he said, okay, and now what? Right. So that really had been the big discussion and, and how just changes in general in the middle of the season are, can, can be tough. So what, what do you feel like the effect could be of, you know, when there are changes, what this team is going to need to do to make sure that that doesn't derail yeah. what they're wanting to do? Well, I mean, on one hand I could see, like you said, Coach Cutter said, and then what, right? Yeah, but right. at some point you decide, well, something needs to change. And this isn't guaranteed to work, but maybe it will help. And sometimes when you're making a change, especially like, you know, if you've had a team, the Bucks have only done this once in team history, but if you change head coach before the season is over, that's generally a season that's already off the rails, right? Right. That's far from the case here with the Buccaneers. Right. Yes, the Bucks have lost three in a row, and now we're two and three, but really it's far from over. Mm -hmm. We're two games out of first. There's 11 games left. we still got four games against our division opponents, three of which are at home, and we have a really, really good offense. Right. So this team, even two of the three games we've lost, came right down to the wire. And that's the way it is in the NFL. And that happened to the Buccaneers repeatedly last year. And they didn't win many of those right. games and ended up, uh, what were we, 5-11? and 11? Yeah. Um, and, and Coach Cutter said that many times. Look at all the games we lost by three points or less and one score or less. Right. You know, we flip a few of those around. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a relatively thin margin that the Buccaneers are on here on winning right. or losing. And if you can make any bit of difference on the defense side of the ball. Now, 
nobody really expects the Buccaneers to turn into one of the best defenses in the league at this point, right? That would be very surprising. Right. But they don't have to be to complement this really good offense. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting point. So looking at, you said, two and three, definitely not over yet, and that's a really huge thing to emphasize. When there is a change like that, you're right. I think it gives people sort of this idea that, oh, my gosh, you know, what's going on with the team? So how big now do you think this makes this weekend's game mm -hmm. to essentially, you know, after coming, you know, three-game losing streak, just overall the mentality of the team, the, f the feel right. about it? Do you, I mean, I, we never like to say that one game is a must-win or a, hu a huge deal, but I do feel like this game has a lot of significance. Yeah, before this last game, I think you asked me a similar question. Mm -hmm. and my opinion on the matter was that the Buccaneers had more to gain from winning than they had to lose from right. from losing, right? Didn't I say that? Yes. Because yes. if you had gone to three and two and you were one game out of first and you had two division wins already in your pocket, both of them on the road, that's a really good position to be in. Right. Falling to two and three where they have isn't isn't good, of course, but right. it's not disastrous. Now you have a chance to get back to three five hundred with Cleveland here. Cleveland is definitely an improved team, but now you're at home and they are one of the you know, after playing this pretty difficult start to the season on paper this is a I don't want to use the word easier but kind of easier matchup right uh, and again you're at home the offense is, is still clicking under Jameis Winston so it is an opportunity to get back on track and and I do think that's big falling to two and four would be worrisome particularly because that's four losses in a row and as Jeff Ryan likes to say on our Salty Dogs podcast all the time that's when things start, it's not losing one game. It's when one turns into two, and then that turns into three That's in a streak. row. Same yeah. thing happens on the winning side if we can get there. Yeah, both winning and losing is contagious, mm -hmm. and you definitely don't want to yeah. get that streak going. Two and four true. with four straight losses. Would we, be wouldn't, tough. we wouldn't be able to sit here next week on the same show and say, yeah, everything's still, we're still in a good spot. Right, we'd, that's true. At that point, we'd be saying, it's not over, but we got a hole to dig out of. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, speaking of the odds of being able to turn around the ship, Jarrett said there's no way that Baker Mayfield comes to Tampa and drops five TDs, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that uh, it's this idea of we have played some prolific offenses. So, yes, the defense knows they have not been playing how they need to, but, you know, we've gone against the likes of Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger Matt and Matt Ryan. And, I mean, it's it's a tough – we would talked all offseason about that tough mm -hmm. beginning stretch. So um, do you feel like now – regardless of any changes even being made with Mike Smith and Mark Duffner, that already the defense has the potential to have a much better game simply because you're not going against yeah. a potential yeah, future I'm, Hall of Famer. I'm a pretty big Baker Mayfield fan, and I think he's got a lot of really good days ahead of him. And I personally think it's possible he could have a big game. It happens. you know. Right. I mean, you said all the great quarterbacks we faced, but it was Mitchell Trubisky who didn't exactly have a good track record who's had right. the best day maybe against us. It shows all, anything right? can happen so it can, I don't. I don't say that because I anticipate that happening, but it certainly can. Right. Uh, but, yeah, if the, the defense – like last week we were coming off that horrible Chicago game and, and then through the bye and we're hoping, as Coach Cutter said when he was explaining why he didn't make the Mike Smith decision then but then he did this week, mm -hmm. they were hoping that the changes they made and the game plan they came up with would produce better defensive results and you wouldn't have to do something drastic. Right. And then that didn't happen. So um, if you could just make a small improvement before the Cleveland game, the – you know, like you were saying, it's an right. opportunity for the defense to make a small step forward, and that's enough to probably get a win. Okay. And Kevin wants to know, do you see us making any trades to help the secondary? Yeah, I'm just going to have to say the same thing I say whenever these trade questions come up. It's possible, but they, it's just look back at history. How often has it happened? It it's just doesn't happen that often. There's right. not a lot of guys that are going to be difference makers that are being traded. Now, I know 
there are rumors out there about certain players being available, which we can't really address directly because they're under contract to other teams. Right, and, and that's, I'll, I'll go and address it. You know, we had Paul ask us about Patrick Peterson. Right. We, we see your comments and questions, but, yeah, unfortunately that's just not something we yeah. can really get I, into. I just go back to history. It's just uh, getting an impact player on either side of the ball at the trade deadline in the NFL is so rare that I, I just never count on it. If it happens, great, but it's rare. Right. Um, we also had a question from Daquan actually about – uh, the radio show last night where um, I got to talk with JPP for an hour, which was amazing. He is. I heard he's good. He's great. He is very candid, very insightful, mm -hmm. um, so passionate about football and this team. Uh, Daquan wants to know our, what the impression of his answer. Somebody called in and asked about seeing some of the defensive guys dancing on the sideline after they had stopped on a uh, third down, and people were saying that they didn't like how it looked because it was just – a stop on third down, they're acting like they'd done something more. And so JPP was asked his thoughts on it. And he was just kind of, I, I think, I'm trying to remember the essence of what he said, but basically the idea of that he felt like, yeah, like we need to be more accountable for our behavior and stuff. He seemed to believe that, yeah, we need to take things a little bit more seriously. I don't know. I wasn't as offended by it because I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of supporting when you do something well and celebrating it, because then that can be, especially on defense, you got to have that attitude of getting mm -hmm. excited and getting rolling, and you got to be fired up, and especially when you don't have the home crowd yeah. behind you. I, and, I, and maybe I'll just sound like a homer here saying this, but I, I was not. Well, but I did think JPP's answer was interesting that he's just big on individual accountability, I think was what he was saying okay. of taking care of who you need to be on the field. And he, it didn't sound like he really made a judgment on them one way or the other. But Well, I would draw a, a distinction between some bits of celebration and others. And I think that thing <laughs> tends to bother fans. I think, like I've seen people, they hear about the players laughing on the plane flight back or something right. like that. And th your tendency sometimes as a fan after things go badly is to want everybody to suffer and wallow in suffering right. for as long as possible. And at some point, it's just human nature. You get excited you by things to, that go well. Yeah. I would say it's a case-by-case -case basis. If you're losing 42 nothing to the Titans and, and Austin Safarian Jenkins is high-stepping it into the end zone after a touchdown, right. that's bad. Yes. But if in the NFL, you said it a little bit, I, don't you want your defensive players to be fired up yeah. and having fun? They talk about that all the time. If they're just hanging their heads after stuff, they're not going to start turning things around. If like, you make a big play, you're going to celebrate it. And yep. that game was never completely out of hand. No. So there was re if you get a big stop, you're going to want to celebrate it. And sometimes, as we've talked about here before, even when your defensive results overall aren't very good, you win the game sometimes just because you get one or two key stops. That could have been a very important play. I'm not familiar with the play you're talking about, but it right. could have been a key play in the game. So that one from your description doesn't bother me at all. Carl wants to know when Kendall Beckwith is coming back. Well, he'll be eligible to come back starting this week. Okay. Uh, however, uh, when asked about that last week, Coach Cutter definitely did not define that it would be this week. Uh, he left the door open. He's eligible, but not. Yeah, you don't, you've got about a three-week window to do something. And if you don't put him back on the active roster by the end of that window, then he's just basically on IR for the rest of the year. So definitely from the tone of his answer, it didn't sound to me like he'd be back this week, even though he could. So I guess you just cross your fingers and hope it's in the, One of the two, next weeks two weeks that follows yeah, when that's that true. window still exists. Uh, Andrew said, what can Duffner do different to improve the defense that Mike Smith wasn't doing? Well, that's an excellent question, and, and that's really the question, right? And, and I don't right. know if there's a, a fantastic answer to it um, because – Presumably, you're not overhauling the playbook. You have your same package of the things that you do. You could, to me, the only answer is you emphasize certain things you and de-emphasize other things because it's all 
coming from the same place. Right. Uh, I guess he could make some personnel changes, but what would those be? You know, we're kind of with Chris Conte and Vernon Hargraves both out. You don't have a lot of leeway for making changes on defense, right? Um, with maybe with more of the defensive line getting healthy, and, th- and that'll depend a little bit on how Gerald McCoy is feeling. Right. You could get back. You could finally get to that deeper rotation that you wanted to have at the beginning of the year. You could blitz more. You could blitz less. We did blitz a little bit more in Atlanta, and it was with mixed results. Right. Uh, you have to blitz more effectively. Yeah, it's uh, not just blitzing. Yeah. As we talked about before the game, I think, going into that game, I looked this up before the Atlanta game because I knew people were talking about, hey, we need to blitz more because we're not getting there. Well, we were giving up a 144.8 pass rating on plays when we blitzed. So there's no point in blitzing all the time if, if, it's, not if it's not working. Right. Uh, and speaking of this, this kind of goes to that same point. Chad said, will our defense be more aggressive? And I think there's a lot of ways you can take the idea of more aggressive, whether you mean the type of coverage that your corners are playing, you know, at right. the line of scrimmage versus blitzing, blitzing. versus what. Yeah. yeah. So what, how would you take that question of how, what are the ways you potentially could see them being more or less aggressive? Yeah, that's about it, really, right? You can play more aggressive coverages. I guess somebody could say that playing man is a more aggressive way of playing defense and playing zone. Right. Um, so I guess you could play more man-to-man coverage. You play more press coverage. You could blitz more often, and that's really about it. And Nick had asked, do you think that we'll see more press coverage? He said he's tired of seeing uh, the drop-off of the 5-10 to yard-off coverage. Yeah. I think a lot of people have been asking for that, especially since Carlton Davis right. was drafted, but, of course, he wasn't available He's probably our best Sunday. press corner, but he wasn't available, exactly. So, um, yeah, that could happen, sure. Okay. We'll see more press. That's true. Um, and then Mark asked, are there any updates on Hargraves and Davis? I know one of those. We definitely have an update. Well, I mean, I, not an update, but we just know the Yeah, answer. well, uh, except for the fact that you can come back from IR these right, days. Right, that's true. But it seemed to me that the sentiment when Hargraves went on injury reserve was that his injury was not likely to be one that he could come back from this right. season. And then Carlton Davis was the yes. other one? You know, he's been more of a day-to-day thing. I think he was right up to game-time decision in a couple games this week, and in the last one it was cho- it was decided he couldn't go. He's got a couple of things going on because he's had the groin injury, I think, and then it was his knee. He had the groin, and then it he had the – And then he, he tweaked his back. Tweak, yeah, so that was the different – that was the thing is that it was – it looked like he was going to be fine, and then it was a second – Yeah, the same thing happened to uh, Jordan Whitehead the previous week. So we've had some bad luck on the practice field because it's usually if – you're, if you're getting guys hurt with little nagging injuries on the practice field – it's usually your, like, 34-year-old veterans, not your rookies. Right, I yeah. I don't know why we've been having such poor luck in that regard. That's um, true. But I don't think he's got anything that's long-term, so hopefully he'll be back this week. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll be back here every week on Tuesday, so make sure you're here to send all of your questions, thoughts, and comments. We'll see you next time.